Super excited for Man. new cast tomorrow. Camping? Oh. New cast. New cast. Is you know it going to be I'm like Because uh, this one's getting awfully... Uh, soggy? Soggy. Oh, I yeah. believe the word you used was moist. Moist. You were... Yes. You yeah. were chastised immediately. Uh, uh, yeah. In, inst- instantly on Facebook, somebody jumped on my case about how I shouldn't use the word moist. You really shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> No but one that's, should that's use that the, word unless they're describing is, is the illicit best, activities. Uh, it's the best way to describe how the inside of this about awful... Dank. It, yep. It's a dank-ass cast. <laughs> I mean, it's starting to... starting to. Ugh, it's really getting, it's really getting yeah, sweaty. Those soft casts, they get that way. Yeah, I'm they're not really absorb this. I'm hoping I get, I'm hoping I get a new... Fan, I hope I have enough insurance that I get some fancy cast with an intercooling system or something. No, you're just going to get the, uh, you're gonna get the uh, whatever it is, the pseudo-concrete material that they give all the people that I had when I broke my Hey, fingers. as long as it's waterproof, so I don't have to keep taking a bath with... Uh, well, hey, that I don't have to keep taking a bath. That's the first thing was dignity. Um, I and then I have to wear a trash bag over my arm. Um... Yeah, yeah, really, really sick of this fucking cast. <laughs> tell you that right now. Mm. Really tired of it. Also, uh, also today, another little anecdote for you. I I have reached again every every year that I'm older. I I, I reach a new level of like, man. If I would have saw this coming at at like as a teenager, I probably just would have like ended it all. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I got super excited today because the contractor is looking at my roof, outbid another contractor by two thousand dollars, and I'm stoked! Wow, cool! I looked looked at that estimate and went, "Huh? Only wow! Only four thousand dollars? Hot shit!" The other guy said six thousand dollars, nice, sixty-four hundred dollars actually. I was all like. Woo! Yeah! Heck yeah! And then I'm like, when did I get this excited over <laughs> roofing contractors? Like, ah, man. I am I'm becoming just an average schmuck. Uh, an it's average homeowner you say schmuck. That, Chris, because today for lunch, I ate four pieces of pizza. Four! And dipped the crust in blue cheese. And I sat there as I was dipping the final crust in blue cheese and taking a bite and thought to myself, why am I still doing this? <laughs> well, yeah, but you're still, I mean, you're still, no, no. You are you are engaged, sir. This is the stage in which it's time to do all this bachelor bullshit that you're allowed to do. I because guess. pretty soon, you're entering that next stage where you're going to be like. I don't like, think there's any excuse for a 28-year-old person to be like, this seems like an acceptable behavior. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat four pieces Just of pizza. Gonna, for lunch, no less. Yeah, I had, on I had a four weekday pieces, I had four pieces left at over. your professional job. Like so, yeah, like half a pizza that was left from a pizza that Christina and I had shared. And I was like, "Well, if you don't want it, I'll you know spread it out. It'll be like you know lunch one day, maybe lunch another." Nope. <laughs> Just looked at all four pieces. And was like, "Fuck it, <laughs> I'm gonna go to town." These these are going in the microwave oven, and I'm eating them all. I'm picturing like you did this at work. I'm assuming what. That you ate ate all this was just like a work lunch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm picturing you like in a in a tie. I assume you wear a tie to work. Yes, yeah, I do. Um, I do. Uh, I'm picturing you like tucking that tie back so then getting the blue cheese. <laughs> I didn't even do that. <laughs> oh wow! I <laughs> mean, I just like... was careful not to spill any on it. I oh, guess. maybe so I did. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I don't need to dry clean these pants. Uh, I'm just picturing you and like I'm just I I wanted I wondered if like any of my employees like noticed me. Like, that's another <laughs> thing, Matt. You have employees. You're high. You're not just some jackass in a mailroom. You actually are high enough that you have people underneath you. If anybody noticed me, you walking to my office with two pieces of pizza and a thing of blue cheese. <laughs> And they're just like uh, sitting down. Yeah, Matt, going you have back an office kitchen, for God's sake. And then 15 minutes later, coming back with another yeah, plate of yeah, pizza. Exactly, Matt. By uh, all by all like standards, you you have a job that requires a tie. You have your own office. You have employees underneath you. You should 
be way more of an adult than I am. <laughs> Dude, it's and sad. Yet, here you when are. there's free food, I like am oh, the first oh. one to be like, get out of the way. <laughs> I've, That's I've, mine. I've I've often said, you know, I, I, I work with a lot of women for some reason like yeah. labs. Ton of ladies. Um uh, and they're they're always talking like Oh, my weakness is sweets, or my weakness is baked goods. And like, Chris, what's your weakness? Free, <laughs> free, free is my weakness. Free anything. It could be. I. It might not even be something I like. I might not even want it. Normally, if I'm somewhere and somebody's like, "Hey, Chris, you want a donut?" If I have to pay for it, not really. I don't really like donuts. Somebody brings in free donuts. I'm having three. <laughs> Because they're kind, there. Which kind of thing? doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't no. matter. No, they I'm can the be, same they, way. They can be the bullshit Fosnots, the kind that suck, that nobody likes. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody likes those. Um, still oh, eating three I'm of them. Because right uh, they're free. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. No. Uh, the other week, I came in. Apparently, the, the previous day, I, I was must have been in a meeting or something, but there were leftover brownies. Took one look at them and said, breakfast yeah oh no i've done the same thing i'm like those chocolate chip cookies ain't making it till noon that's breakfast <laughs> that's now gonna be. now <laughs> you are breakfast yeah that's exactly how it's gonna be i don't pass up free food again i may not even want it i may not even be hungry i'll choke it down <laughs> you betcha so, well, hey everybody welcome to another critic podcast where each week we talk about movies both new and on netflix uh except this week where we're not talking about either. This movie's neither new, nor is it on Netflix. But you know somebody who has it. It's on yeah, Blu-ray on. and DVD somewhere. T2. I don't even know why I had to download it. Really. Yeah, I, that's why I was I feel like I come down into the, 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 the basement here of, of, of Matt's apartment. Uh, and what, what what is he watching? He's watching T2. I'm like, okay. Director's cut. The director's cut. He wanted to see the director's cut. And then I look at it, and I'm like, it's awfully grainy and artifacty. There's no way this is Blu-ray. And, of course, knowing Matt as long as I've known him, instantly thought, yeah, just downloaded this fucker. Yeah. It was Shoot just up easier. how much bandwidth just to be like, wow. Just I was sitting on my fiance's couch, and I was lazy, and I didn't feel like looking for any legitimate source. I was like, but. You didn't feel like looking on that shelf back there, because I guarantee you, your roommate, Michael, has uh, it. I don't know. Let's check. Let's I'm going to go check. check right now. I'm going to go check and Do see it. if he has director's cut. I know what the cover looks like. Yeah, that has the director's cut on it. Yep. So instead of just walking back there to get it, uh, that's the version I watched, because I've seen this movie enough that I thought, well, it's time to watch the director's uh, cut with commentary. But no, knowing you, Matt, you were just like, oh, I can't be bothered to text my roommate to see if he has well, it. I didn't I'll even just download finish. it. I didn't even finish it. So, yeah, that's right. This this week's episode, T2, Judgment Day. Uh, I'm Chris Klump. With me, as always, is Matthew Schaefer. That's right. The man who will go to work, fire a man before noon, and then eat four pieces of pizza. <laughs> No, you're not that high up on the board. You can't actually can't fire, fire anybody. I can't fire people. Are you kidding me? So all his someone would literally have to have like one of my employees would have to have like a knife in my neck, and I'd have to go to my supervisor and be like, Can "Hey, I fire maybe, maybe we should talk about this." And she'd be like, "We're gonna try to fire somebody." Be like, "I mean, we should probably take it into consideration." No, no, just <laughs> just taking them some counseling or something. <laughs> God, I love that. I, I work in a very similar place. Where I'm like, why is this person still working here? And they're like, well, because. Because money. Because money. It's too hard to fire. Because money and paperwork. <laughs> right. Nobody wants to fill that shit yeah. up. So, all right. Well, before we get into that, let's get into some trailer time. Trailer time. Trailers. I just saw a whole bunch of trailers. The trailer we watched was Goosebumps. Uh-huh. Coming out later this year. Yep. October 16th. Yes. And uh, I'll give you the synopsis. A young kid, <laughs> just a young kid, teams up with the niece of young adult horror author R.L. Stein after the writer's imaginary demons are set free on the town of Greendale, Maryland. Um, going down the line here, the really only notable name. A lot of young kid actors. Yeah, a lot, a lot of young actors, and of course, uh, Jacques yeah, Black. Jack Black playing R.L. Stein. 
just I, I, I kind of like, like that they they decided to actually just make it R.L. Stein. That's kind of yeah, funny. I, when 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 I saw I saw earlier today they announced a Goosebumps uh, like the the trailer had come out and I thought Goosebumps really how's this going to work as as a young child uh, like most children of the nineties uh, and you know who 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 were like. Uh, Seven or eight in like right. ninety two, ninety three, as I was, read a lot of Goosebumps. Books. Same, same here. Um, really enjoyed it. In fact, that was one of my first, uh, one, one, one of the first experiences for me as a, a young child to enjoy reading. Because yeah. up until then, reading was kind of this weird They're punishment that turners, teachers man. made us do. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember uh, a, a kid in my elementary school uh, lent me a Goosebumps book, and I read the whole thing in one sitting, which for me was saying a lot. That is, uh, that's pretty good. Young Young Clump has a hard had a, hard, a lot harder time. Staying what was your still. favorite that you remember? Oh, I now really you're like asking Tower, me to remember things. I really like Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror was a good one. Yeah. Really like Tower. That was Tower. my introduction to the concept of an Iron Maiden. I distinctly remember yep. I had, I did yep. not know what those were before. There that. was one that I can't remember what it was called, but it was like this weird summer camp, and it had like uh, like summer camp of terror or something like something that. Something like that, where like you at the very end, the trigger is like they're not actually on Earth; they're getting ready for Earth. They're going uh-huh. to go there. Um, but like that. That and and that fueled. I still love this. That, that that fueled my love of like the paranoid delusion. I was like, who's who's crazy? Is the world crazy or is the character crazy? Right. Because it's all about this kid and stuff starts out a little wrong and then gets weirder and weirder and he's not sure if he's going nuts or if everybody else is nuts. And I I'm a sucker. If R. L. Stein is being honest, which I don't know if he's ever said this or not. He basically made a career of taking Twilight episodes and exactly. making them readable for children. Children, yeah. He basically, yeah, exactly. Which Twilight, which is super hard because Twilight Zone isn't like you know inappropriate to begin with. No, it's just no. scary concepts. Yeah. Um. So when they announced the movie, I thought, well, how's this going to work? And then when I saw the trailer, I thought, well, of course, this is the only way they could make it work. Whereas Goosebumps is a real thing. Like Goosebumps is a book series, right? It exists in this St- universe. R.L. Stein is the writer, but instead of him fabricating, his stuff becomes it manifests right in his in his uh, manuscripts, which I find interesting. I also love that one of the main characters is a uh, uh, Goosebumps nerd who has read every Goosebumps book, mm-hmm. and they need him to help them put all these monsters back uh, in into the the manuscripts. Definitely has a very Jumanji feel about it. Which oh yeah, I really as a family film slash like action film, I really like Jumanji. Um, yep, yep. It feels like it might be a little bit more. I don't know, like kitty. Like yeah, I think adult-y. we're gonna get a little more juvenile. But that could just be the trailer. That's true. I mean, they could just be marketing this right. to. And a movie like this, you're never sure how you want to market it. You want to market it for the youngest kid possible. Right. Because if I remember right, this is rated PG, correct? Yes, yeah, I believe it is PG. PG yep. nowadays is kind of this dead zone of like who is this marketed to? Right, because you don't want to alienate. You don't want to make it PG to the point where you're like, up oh, can't take small kids. Right, exactly. Because that represents like parents with you're small children are looking for things to do with their small yeah. children. Yeah, so. Yeah, um, um, you, you can't alienate that audience, even though you're making a PG. Right, but you want to also kind of, kind of try to rope in the the young teenager crowd for like a family night or something. Uh, like well, that. Well, not only yeah. that, we're just like uh, you know, hey, let's it's Friday night. Or yeah, let's the young fourteen movie. or fifteen year old going to the yeah, movie theater. Exactly. Mom's gonna drop us off. What are we gonna see? Kinda, right. Kind of teenager. So like. PG is this weird, nebulous area where no one's really sure. There's been talk of getting rid of PG again, because um, that's just how I, they work. Really, yeah. Because originally they like, didn't have PG, not, not not to get too film scholarly. Originally there was no PG-13. It was just uh, G, PG, R, and then the weird X rating, which they got rid of uh, pretty early on in the game. Right. Because they never used it. Um. And so that's how you get films like Airplane, Jaws, 
uh, uh, films that are um, um, Temple of Doom, where they're all PG. <laughs> right. And it's but very they're not bizarre. Kids' movies. No. Yeah. I remember growing up being like, wait a minute, Airplane is PG? There's boobs in this movie. Yeah. Airplane 2, also PG. Uh, Jaws, PG. Wow, this is pretty creepy. Why isn't this PG-13? And only later did I realize there was no such thing as PG-13. Right. Um, but now, PG doesn't, like, PG-13 doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Not really. Uh, so there's been talk of just getting rid of PG and making PG-13. So no, n- yeah, n- nobody... Hollywood can't figure out what it wants as far as a censorship board. <laughs> mm. Um... Well, and especially for, like, movies that are aimed at a younger audience, I feel like ratings are becoming a little irrelevant because parents are always going to look up, like, is this appropriate to take my blank year old to? Like, like that's just what's going to happen. Especially because nowadays with the internet, you don't really need a rating system as much as you used to. Right. I mean, even, I remember when they came out with TV rating systems, uh, it was like, this whole thing where parents were like, well, they need to be more specific. And that's when you started getting TV, MA with S D. Yeah. D and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, that's how you know you got a good, uh, good TV show. TV, MA, SDL. That's how you know you got something good. Uh, it's going to be a SDLV. Yep. going to be a quality evening when it has all of, I think, I think, uh, not that game of Thrones would have to have a ratings cause it's HBO, but if it did, it'd just be all those things. It'd be that every single like, fucking time. TVMA for all the reasons. Most of the South Park episodes, I feel like. Oh yeah. They usually hit all of the yeah. ones of like, listen, if you're under 18, there's no reason you should be watching any of this. <laughs> um, but this movie, the Goosebumps movie, I don't know. I as I'm watching the trailer, I keep going back and forth with me going like, "Well, that's kind of funny and that's kind of charming and witty and interesting." And then it would give another gag of me going, "Well, now that looks look like dumb kids shit." So right. Like, this could literally for me go either way. Um, the fact that Jack Black's in it, Jack Black does not have the best track rating for me. Uh No, he's really good in some things. And he's really well, and and I feel like it's not always him. It's sometimes just like I mean, the, ma- know, the man, the man needs to eat, the man needs a paycheck. You know what I mean? But like, he doesn't have the same gravitas as other schlubby comedians, like say Zach Galifianakis, who if no. he's in something, I'm almost always going to be like, well, okay, I'm interested. You never know what you're going to get with Jack Buck. Jack Buck still has done stuff, even recently, where I've gone, that's that's really good. Like his, my favorite role of his is Bernie. Yeah, I, I still got to see that. You guys that, told me about oh, that. I haven't seen it yet. No, no, I still got to see it. I got to see. Now that I can't really work for the next like six weeks, put I'm that, have to put, put that, that on my list. On list. I'll, I'll, so I'll put that higher up. I love that movie. I was talking the other day that that movie, along with King of the Hill, makes me feel like I could live in Texas just from like a <laughs> two or three minute segment where they explain Texas. Right. Like it's so. There's so many good things about that movie, and he's great in it. He's no, amazing. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. I hear it's really good. Uh, but then he does stuff like, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but School of Rock, which I think sucks. I like School of Rock a lot. Ugh. I think if you're going to nitpick his family films, I would go with some other stuff oh, he's he done, later. he's done far worse, but that's one I've yeah. seen where I was like, well, hated this. See, um, but as like a kid that grew up like a band geek, that really appeals to that side. So, Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I, just, I, I saw it late in the game. I saw it like when I was in my 20s. I was like, eh. This movie. Um, I'm trying to look at some of his more like recenty stuff. Yeah, he, he was gets... in some really, really lackluster comedies that I confess I haven't even seen. Yeah, yeah. But then um, he also does like some shockingly highbrow stuff occasionally. It's it's weird. Right. He's been. I feel like he's been less active in the past like couple years. Yeah, honestly, the last thing I saw him in was a Weird Al video. <laughs> Yes, for his new album, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, the, he did the video for Tacky. Oh, what was it? I'm done looking at this. Um, <laughs> what was uh, that? End of the critic, where you hear us siphon, you know, filter through IMDb and go, ah, fuck nah, it. Fuck this fuck doesn't it. make for good radio. Uh, so, Goosebumps comes out October 16th of this year. Oddly enough, you know, during the Halloween season, which is rare. Normally, they're breaking out romantic comedies at that time and then waiting to put out really? scarier stuff during uh, Valentine's Day. It's weird. This uh, is true. 
they still they still put out some creepy stuff around Halloween. That's when uh, a lot of the paranormal activity stuff comes out, right? No, no, it almost always comes out in February. Are you sure? Yep. I thought the original came out around Halloween. Maybe the original, but like all the new ones. Hey, did you see they're doing a new one? Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, uh, one of my the Ghost Dimension comes out October twenty first. No, look at that. Um, no, I did see. We should have done that. The Ghost Dimension. <laughs> <laughs> what a goofy name! That is a goofy name. No, maybe we should have done that for trailer time. Is there's a new? Not that it would matter. It's the same fucking thing for every movie. For some reason, I don't know what it is. As much as I, like a couple episodes, I railed on found footage, and I am sick of the genre of found footage. I want it to die. I really do. But I'm going to be completely and 100 percent honest. I have a special place in my heart for bullshit found footage films under the correct circumstances. And those circumstances are it's Friday night slash Saturday morning. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. Very sleep deprived. Had a little too much whiskey. Mm -hmm. Just about to go to bed. Turn off all the lights. Turn on paranormal activity. Like... That's how I've watched. I don't, I've never seen them more than once, but that's yeah. how I've watched every single one. Where I'm like, God, I'm so tired. So you're a fan of the franchise? Um, to that no. ex- to that extent. To that extent, yeah. I mean, not to the extent that I would say they're good films or even. See, I like. Films. I do like and have been scared by some found footage horror movies. That one never got me. Really? Never um, got me. Not even. Now, though, I think we have talked about this. The original I watched after watching all of Marble Hornets. And it seemed very tepid in comparison, but Marble Hornets is one of the scariest things. Oh, I've watched Marble Hornets is one life. of the scariest things. Yes, that is that is yeah. horrifying. But again, I watched it the same way, late at night, headphones, all yeah. my, all by myself in my apartment. Like literally, there's nobody else. I in did my the apartment. same thing, but then all I could think about during paranormal activity is how scared I was of Marble Hornets. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe maybe it was the combination of whiskey that did it in for me because I just was like, eh, this is kind of creepy. But like. When I say kind of creepy, it's just me going like, when, when, when are they going to go, bah! And then I go, ah! Oh, wow. Was, <laughs> yeah. Whew, oh, boy. Very much jump scared. Uh, who are these driven. people? Because I always joke around. It's just like, <clears throat> uh, the, the the ghost for paranormal activity is always like, well, what what rich white people can I haunt today <laughs> um, who who are day traders who don't no have We'll make no one jobs. feel bad when we kill them at the uh, end. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, fuck me running. Marble Hornets. After seeing, like, the first two episodes of that, because they're all like, I think the longest one is 10 minutes, yeah. I think. I'm just sitting there going like, what the hell? The Slender Man thing is fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah, scared the shit out of me. So, And you could never, I feel like you could never do a movie like what they did with Marble Hornets, because so much of it is just like ambiance. Oh, oh like so it's much, almost all ambiance. Yeah. Because I talked to, uh, at the time, my one buddy was seeing this girl who she was like, I want to see something really scary. And so I told them you should watch Marble Hornets. And I, if I remember right, him and his girlfriend sat down and watched it, but they did it in the middle of the day with a bunch of people. Yeah. That's not how you watch a movie like that. No. That's how you watch Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. That's how you do that. A bunch of people watching a movie. Same thing with like a like the VHS uh, yeah. craze. That's how you, that's how you do that movie. Uh, Marvel Hornets. That's a solo run. So, all right. Well, uh, moving on again to my favorite. Just I, I, I'm I'm loving this uh, segment. Every do time do that do I do think do to do myself, what's that? Do 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 do. I'm loving it. <laughs> Every time I think to myself, man, I'm going to run out of movies to talk about. Then I see another just just gem. Um, so, as 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 I talked about before on on on, on an earlier episode, yes, I, I I've broken my hand, mm-hmm. which means I have time on on my one hand because the other one's wrapped up in a cast. Um, so I decided to sit down and just watch a film that I thought, well, why why not? It sounds stupid. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Uh, the movie is a, it's a 1973 horror, mystery, sci-fi, erotic movie. So all, all three of them, um, or all four of them rather, and it doesn't do any of them well. (laughs) There's nothing really scary about this film. There's not really any mystery. It's mildly science fiction. 
and like I guess the erotic part because there's a whole lot of boobs. Um, invasion of the Bee Girls. <laughs> invasion of the Bee Girls. A powerful cosmic force is turning Earth women into queen bees who kill men by wearing them out sexually. <laughs> That's right. With, with a synopsis like that, how could I resist? How there was no way I was going to look at that and go, "No, thank you, no, thank you, Amazon Prime. I pay that hundred dollars a year for your free shipping. I'm watching this movie. Um, this film stars again nobody, as most of these films do, uh, but it does have a name attached to it that uh, caught my attention as I'm watching this film. It comes up, written by Nicholas Meyer. And I'm like, Nicholas Meyer, that sounds so familiar. I look him up. He is the director of the two highest critically acclaimed Star Trek films. He wrote and directed Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and co-wrote what? and directed Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. So What? Apparently he was cutting his teeth writing bullshit uh, schlock films like The Invasion of the Bee-Girls. This film is trying so hard to be a sexy version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but while it does it, it just is confusing. Um, the plot is, you're lost on it the whole time. Like You have no idea what's at stake, because they don't tell you. <laughs> um, they're going into too many, too many uh, uh, sexy montages. Um and again, it, like it, 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 this film just screams like seventies in in like Sweden because it just shows like all these hippie women running around. Like mm-hmm. uh, one the the opening shot, one of the opening shots has a man and a woman riding on a motorcycle nude. Just just <laughs> run, and then they go to a field, lay down in the field, roll down a hill. And then you hear him scream, and she stands up, and her eyes, her eyes are all black. That's how you know she's a bee she's woman. a bee woman. Um, and then the the rest of the film it keeps going back to a uh, like a group of scientists who are trying to do experiments, and like there's a series of sexually related deaths, and some <laughs> some cop is like convinced he's going to find out what's going on, and. And he keeps like an uh he's like an FBI investigator, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody in the town thinks it's hilarious because like apparently they're like they're all scientists, mm-hmm. but they're also all swingers. Cause they talk well, why about, not? Because they talk about how like there's a lot of wife swapping going on and a lot of crazy stuff. And when the one cop says like they get a town meeting together and said, well. We're recommending that the whole town it becomes abstinent, and everyone just like they run them out on a rail. They don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, the movie is is not. It's honestly not bad. Okay. Um, it could be a lot worse, <laughs> but it's not great. Uh, there were some scenes where I was just like, as I'm sitting on my couch, I'm kind of leaning back, like is Melissa gonna walk in i have to explain this because this is embarrassing as 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 a grown married man like when you're if if your wife walks in on this type of film you're like uh how do i explain this um because it would be easier to explain if she walked in with just me watching just regular run-of-the-mill pornography (laughs) because this is like because then i could just be like well listen i'm just you know i'm just watching this what are you gonna do whereas Whereas this is the type of film where Melissa... This is like, from this the point, 70s. Yeah. At this point, I think Melissa's been with me long <laughs> enough that she would just be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, she knows she knows my taste in films goes for, runs the gambit of like... The, the other day she walked in on me when she was like, what do you watch? I'm like, Akira Kurosawa's classic, The Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where she walks in and I'm watching shit like this. <laughs> This is garbage. Yeah, she's like, no, oh, just watching this, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's on Amazon Prime because <laughs> Amazon has Netflix and and Hulu have some great. I mean, Hulu has all the Criterion's. Netflix has like all you know their Netflix original programming. 
Amazon or Amazon Prime has <laughs> a really shitty grindhouse movies. I mean, a ton of just grindhouse B cult films. Yeah, like a ton of them. The one I'm putting on my list, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Cannibal Women of the Avocado Jungle of Death. <laughs> I saw that How title that and went. Thing? I saw that title and went. Hell yeah! Let's see who's in it. Uh, <laughs> Adrian Barba. And Bill Maher. Cannibal woman in the avocado jungle of death. How? Okay. Yeah, the, the the main like the main woman in it is like some porn star from the seventies. It looks hilarious. I can't wait to see it. Looks great. I think another movie they had on there was like uh, Hollywood. It has Bill Mayer. He's Bill Mayer. Yeah, that's what I said. Didn't I say Bill Mayer? Maybe I don't know. I was too flabbergasted by yeah looking uh, at the uh, Bill, Bill Maher and uh, uh, Adrian Barbo and like I don't know it was Shannon Tweed or something like that. I forget her name. Um, yeah, they they got a, they got a ton of movies like that, and I was like, this is gonna be great. <laughs> so, Good. I'm glad. I'm glad they're really getting their money's worth out of you, Chris. Yep, that's or right. You're getting their, I'm, your, I'm your the, I'm the one guy. They're like, I don't know who this Chris Klump guy is, but he keeps coming back to this. <laughs> Someone keeps section. watching all these movies that we thought we would just have there to fill space. That's right. So, all right, moving on to our feature presentation. We saw T2 or Terminator 2. I keep seeing titles all over the place. Judgment Day. A cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor, must now protect her young son, John Connor, from a more advanced cyborg made out of liquid metal. Because he failed to kill somebody, maybe he'll succeed in protecting them. <laughs> hey, why Perfect not? Perfect logic. So why he not? stars everyone from the first movie and... Except and, all those minor characters yep, that died. Yep, uh, And Michael inter- Bean. Introducing... Uh, Actually, Michael Bean's back. Never mind. Yep, Michael Bean's back for, for one scene in the director's cut, not the... right. Not the uh, no, he he is in the th- theatrical for a little bit. Oh, he well. is. They have He's, that whole thing. Uh, not the whole thing. It's half of it. Um, she doesn't like. If I remember right, she doesn't go outside or something. They they cut some of that down. The director's cut has a lot more of her seeing a nuclear explosion. Yeah, well, to the point sh- where by the last time we see it in the director's cut, I'm just like, we get it. I get it, get Sarah it. Connor. You you really hate that the future involves like mass death and hysteria. Yes. Uh, but uh, uh, new to the burning. series, we also have Edward Furlong, uh, Robert Patrick, uh, Joe Morton. Love Joe Morton. Um, he plays the cyberneticist. Uh, what's his name? Something Dyson. Yeah, uh, Miles Dyson. Yeah. Uh, so let's just get into the. Oh, and Jeanette Goldstein's in it. She was in Aliens. Uh, she's in it for like ten minutes. Um, she. She plays the uh, the the um, foster foster mom. Oh yeah, okay. Um, the only reason I mentioned Jeanette Goldstein is she is literally a a, a, a chameleon because she played Vasquez in yeah wow, and Alien. she convincingly plays like a regular ass house mom in this. Oh, she's also in uh, uh, Titanic. She plays like some Irish wife. Interesting. Like, takes, the Irish mother who takes her kids back to the. Um, compartment to like die when when the yes. ship starts going okay down. wow wow yeah yeah it's all over the place so i'm gonna be honest this is the weaker of the two films and a big reason for that edward furlong he's terrible he's, fine. he's awful he's, he's the worst uh, in the director's he's the commentary, best, he's not the best child actor, but I've seen worse. Well, in 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 the commentary, they said how they they found him. They literally found him like hanging out at a mall, and they were like, "Have you ever acted before?" And he said, "Well, my dad videotapes our birthday parties. Does that count?" <laughs> <laughs> said, well, no, but we want you in the movie, and so they put him in the movie. And I'm like, "Well, that's part of your problem right there. Should have gotten a you know actual actor, because uh, he's." Fucking awful. Um, he's not that bad. He's just a he's an he's an annoying punk kid. Yeah, yeah, an annoying character uh, who has some of the worst lines and worst role. Oh god, he's so terrible. Um, I don't think he's that. But bad. like this, like the, I, I keep going back and forth on on how much I love slash hate this movie because I do love this movie uh, for various reasons. You have Linda Hamilton 
who is crushing it acting as crazy Sarah Connor. Oh uh, uh, yeah, as absolutely batshit crazy Sarah Connor. You, she goes from like just the juxtaposition of her in the first movie, where she's like, the, as we talked, she's kind of this like completely average person, right? Completely average, um, and then slowly becomes kind of like. You see More her of a evolve, badass throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, become into this badass. To in this movie, she starts out badass and just becomes even more badass. Uh, I mean, her introduction, she's like in a psych ward doing pull-ups uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> on her bed, and like she's learned all these different yeah, yeah. things. She's like sought out like ex-military, like ex-green berets yep, and different yep. people, and like tried she, to like she, yeah. she she literally just dates. Like you, like it's revealed that she literally just dates men, uh, who can teach John military stuff, right? Like leadership techniques goal. and whatnot. Yeah, but her her acting in this is incredible because you see her, you know, she she she's this crazy person, um, and that's exactly but what she's would crazy. happen. Well, I mean, she's like. She's crazy for a good reason. Right, right. Because I mean, she knows the future. Yeah, she's been told that all humanity is going to be destroyed and uh you're the savior. Right. You're you're you you are the like mother of the savior of humanity. Right. Like you have all this responsibility. How do you not go crazy? Right. Uh, and you're also trying to stop it. You know, you're trying to stop Judgment Day from happening. So no one's going to believe you. Right. Because you you know, you you're claiming that you know, know the future. Um one of the things that I absolutely love and like just watching her acting skills, um, she took apparently took a ton of uh, like training courses with guns to learn how to handle them, uh, trained with ex uh, Israeli tactical force guys. Mm-hmm. So like you watch her like walking, she has like almost like this dancer's stride to her as she's running around. Um, with, with with these guns, the way right. she's, like, walking and stuff like that. It's, like, a very, very well trained. But then you see her kind of morph from being, like, psychotic, crazy, tough military. Uh, at one point, she becomes the Terminator almost as far as, like, her her goal to kill Miles Dyson. Right. Like, she becomes this emotionless creature. Uh, but then, like, when she's trying to get out of the psych ward... Like she, you, you see her become kind of this docile, trying to convince them that she's cured, and then you see her just like you see in her face when she realizes that it's not going to work. Yeah, that she, she just, just morphs snaps. back into like, all right, I'm gonna fuck you up. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna start messing messing people up. Um, one of the things that I absolutely loved because I watched the director's commentary and and uh, uh, one of the things that James Cameron talked about was the scene where that that like orderly like hits her in the stomach yeah. with his with his nightstick he didn't want to hit her because he had this thing of like i can't i can't hit a woman i can't hit a woman and she's like just just hit me in the stomach and i'll go down it'll be fine well he kept like fake hitting her and she kept having to drop to her knees which hurt and they had to do it like four or five takes uh, to get it right she's right. gotten so pissed so the scene where she breaks like the broomstick off and starts beating him with that she actually she was actually like, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, James Cameron said they did that in one take because after that they had to like get him to a doctor. Oh jeez, <laughs> busted his face up pretty good. Um, so I just I thought, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Just like yeah, she's gonna beat the shit out of him. Um, but then you have another uh, incredible performance with Robert Patrick. Yes, as as, as the T one thousand, who. That's who they should have gotten for for the original Terminator. Because <laughs> he is so he's so creepy, and the Terminator, yeah, like the the idea of a Terminator is you shouldn't have someone that's so robotic that it's just like I am uh, a robot, yeah, exactly. a dead giveaway. These are supposed to be like covert killing yeah, machines that blend, units. yeah, that that blend into humanity pretty well. But obviously, since He's an artificial intelligence. He's not going to be completely human. Exactly. So in every role, everything that he does, there's just like this sense of like he's almost like too nice at times. Yeah, there, there, there it's especially that scene where like he, he impersonates a cop and he starts talking to uh, 
John Connor's uh, foster parents. Right. And you just get this sense of like, there's just something I can't put my finger on. Right. Like, why is he being so like nice? Yeah, he's so smiling. He's like, there's no problem. I just need to talk to him. It's he's not in trouble. Handsome boy. Yeah, handsome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, handsome boy. And you're like, this guy. There's something weird. Yeah. Um, and then he has that like weird head movement. Uh, like a like snake. A, well, actually, I read or that he, uh, he, he, he modeled off of, he modeled no, off uh, of uh, eagles. An eagle, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he studied the movements of bald eagles and, like, moved his head accordingly. Yeah, and then, like, once he's out of that mode, he is, like, yeah, total focus. Straight on focus. He has no uh, expression. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, w- one of the things that they absolutely loved about uh, why and why they, they cast him, Robert Patrick has this... Um, uh, amazing ability to run remarkably fast mm-hmm. without looking like he's expending any effort. And that makes those scenes where he's chasing down the car and stuff, and you're like, okay, he could do it. He could catch him. Yep. And it's terrifying because you look on his face, he's not breathing through his mouth, and it doesn't look like he's breathing heavily at all. Right. Like he's just running. Um, they said it was actually problematic on set because the first scene where he sees John... And John jumps on the motorcycle and and uh, the motorbike and like run, like rides off. Right. Um, Edward Furlong wasn't old enough to to know how to ride uh, a dirt bike. Like he wasn't. He okay. didn't know how to do it. Uh, he didn't. Have, you know he he had grown up in that you know in the L.A. area, so it wasn't like he was riding dirt bikes. Riding everywhere. dirt bikes everywhere. Right. Um, so they had him on a tow line, and they said to the the. Okay, that's dumb. That makes me not like him. What's that? That he couldn't even learn how to ride a dirt bike. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Well, this 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 movie was shot really fast uh, okay, for yeah. for what it was." Uh, the jo- actually, actually no, because it it took a long time to film Terminator Two. Well, I mean, it took a long time, but they they squeeze they squeezed a lot into it. In fact, the the joke from one of the head writers was that James Cameron called him up and said, "All right, I got great news for you. We're doing another Terminator. I got bad news. We're already behind schedule." <laughs> um. Yeah, so they had Edward Furlong on a on a on a tow line with his bike. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and so a lot of shots are a stuntman doing a lot of stuff, and then when they had to show uh, Furlong's face, they had him on this tow line, and so they told the guy, "All right, make sure you take off running, um, or make sure you 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 start the 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 bike out fast enough that that." Robert doesn't catch up to it, but looks like he's gonna. He's like, "Don't worry, he's never gonna catch up to him." First take, they had to stop because he literally ran past oh, <laughs> the bike and like tapped uh, as he was doing it. He, he like tapped a, Edward Furlong on the shoulder. He like kind of like previously trained track runner or something. Jeez, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he his his acting style. I just he was that physically fit that he could run that fast that they actually had to like. Um, there were times where they, they, the, that again with, with James Cameron's ability as a director, when he realized that he then implemented it into different things where, uh, he, he wouldn't tell Robert Patrick that this was a slow motion scene. Mm-hmm. So he would be walking his regular speed, which was pretty fast. And then they would underclock, um, the, the camera to make it look like he was walking normal. Mm-hmm. And so every step looked that much more menacing because it was just like him pounding the the pavement with his feet. Um, and he said, like once they figured out how fast and athletic he could run, they were like, well, let's just play with this. Uh, hmm. So I just thought that was so fascinating. Like, man, that dude can really book it that quick. And he makes the he, he makes for a much uh, scarier, in my opinion, Terminator yes. than Schwarzenegger did in the first one. Well, the concept. Uh, what's interesting is James Cameron actually wanted a liquid metal Terminator in, in the, the first, first one. one. Yeah, and they he just wanted couldn't... it. He wanted there to be two Terminators, right? Two bad Terminators, right? Um, and then he was like, "How the hell would I even do yeah, that?" Yeah, and they had no um, idea how they would do that. So they weren't even sure if this was going to work now because they pulled right. off. A, Cameron wasn't used to this. He's such a hands-on director with special effects that a lot of special effects guys didn't like working with, and that's why he kept going back to Stan Winston. Um, but for the CGI effects with the mm-hmm. liquid metal, they literally had no choice but to hand it off entirely to ILM. Right. 
um, who was the only name in in town for computer generated right. effects at that time. It was so new um, that Cameron was like freaking out. He was like, "I don't know if this is going to work because I'm I'm not in charge." Right, of I, I haven't seen it yet. Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they said that when they did see it, the first shot they saw was the scene where. Um, the T-1000 is like a part of the floor in the asylum and then comes up, mm-hmm. and folds up. And they said, that, uh, if I remember correctly, the one writer said that they, you know, they're watching the test footage and you just hear James in the background just giggling like a, like a kid. <laughs> He's so excited that uh, it's actually going to work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this was one of the earliest films to utilize CGI and they had no idea the potential. They had no clue if it would work. And it still looks decent. Oh, yeah, and it, 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 it still holds up. And again, like you said uh, last episode, CG, this, this is an example of CGI being used best to remove things. Right. Um, that that really famous scene where on, on, on the, the L.A. River where uh, Schwarzenegger flies off on that, with that motorbike, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, the, the Harley, um, and comes crashing down. Yeah. Uh, that was one of those first early stunts where, like, the stuntmen were like, "There's no way, it's not possible. There's just no way the bike's not designed for it. It's not weighted for it. There's no way we can do it." Right. And they said, "No, no, we'll have wires, and then we'll just remove them digitally." Which they sat and thought, "Can we do that? Like, yeah, is that possible? I guess it is. Weird. Like, didn't know we could do that." Um, yeah. So like that kind of stuff, and then of course all of the the liquid metal. Stuff mm-hmm. that was insane. I guess, I mean, I'll, I, I will get on board with you and say that Terminator is the better film. But I still like this one more because, first of all, I think this is the first one that I watched. As, as a, a lot of people did. Yeah. Because this, so, movie, this movie was, uh, this was the first $100 million film. Oh really? If I remember, not hundred million dollar. Maybe was it hundred million? Yeah, this was the first hundred million dollar film. Which now um, today seems like oh, yeah, that that's, was a that's, good. Yeah, that's, that's a fair budget. That was a, well, um, oh, was that like the opening weekend? Yeah, exactly. Back then, the Ridiculous. idea of a hundred million yeah. dollar film that was insane. Right. No one thought he could do this. Um. And so, like this movie, this movie was targeted to our age gap. For years yeah. afterwards, I can mm-hmm. remember as a kid, there was uh, back when movies had trading cards. There was Terminator t- trading cards for 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 what felt like forever. Because this movie came out in ninety one, so I would have been uh, seven. Yeah. Uh, but for years later, there were there were action figures and comic books. It was shown on TV a lot too. Shown on TV constantly. Yeah. This was one of the early VHS. Uh, phenom- this and Batman were like the two things that got VHS mm-hmm. going. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this movie was huge when it came. Yeah, out. so so I I have a lot more like. There's so much in this movie that's like iconic to me. Like, I mean, I could just rattle off different things, like the scene in the bar. Like, I, I like every every like standout scene in this movie. Like. I didn't even need to rewatch it. Right, like it's all yeah, just like embedded yeah. in my in, in my brain. Just was it, because was it you that was telling me that the scene where the the guy gets thrown through like in, in the bar when he gets thrown into the kitchen and lands on the stove that you were like ah oh, god oh, so... and to this day was that you or is it no, somebody else? Must not somebody me. else. Somebody was telling me that every time they see that they still like even as an adult they start cringing like oh god that would be the worst <laughs> as he's like trying to get off the stove and he can't find a spot oh, to put yeah. his arms and then there's uh oh, there's that recent uh sequel that did that the uh, south korean like mafia film sequel oh right 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 ah, um shit, the raid two the raid two yeah well, they scene. did the same thing yeah, uh, yeah. that's uh, terrible in that yep movie. yep um yeah so there's just like there's so much to this movie that like is like iconic to me so i can't like i can't separate it even though i know like terminator is like a more well-crafted film it fits together better when you sit and watch them side by side like i will immediately admit that like terminator is the easier watch it's more like 
it's a more pleasantly like flowing and made film because there's a lot in Terminator 2 that's like I mean like I said before there's like some of the stuff with Sarah and her visions and it gets repetitive some the 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 father son stuff with the Terminator and John is cool, but sometimes there's a little bit too much time there. Right, and just the way the story cr- progresses is a little clunky. It's not as much of as like a, a, a cool like chase scene feel to it. Yeah, because yeah. there's so much time. I mean, you have that whole segment that we were just watching where they go to Cyberdyne Systems mm-hmm. and right. try to destroy all the work. I mean, there's a whole huge section of that movie that like. The T one thousand isn't doing anything. Yeah, it's just it, like yeah, it's they're just doing screen. their own thing. Yeah, and uh, that was almost I feel like put in there to be like, well, what are we going to do different? Right. We right. can't just make this another movie where they're running from a Terminator. Right. We have to do something different to somehow progress the idea of this story. What Cameron wanted to do, and 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 again, that's uh, part of me want. Uh, uh, agrees with you. Like the, the, there is so much iconic. In fact, a lot of the quotes. That were supposed to be throwbacks to the first Terminator, uh, everyone just assumes are from this Terminator. Um, you know, the "Come with me if you want to live." I mean, that's that's from Terminator One, right. but everybody says it like Arnold from you know this one because he's the one who gets to say it this time. Uh, but this film is just as, as much as there are parts that I love, like you know, different uh, uh, set pieces and scenes and different performances. As a whole, it's a sloppier film. Uh, mm-hmm. Perfect example. If you watch the theatrical version, you have scenes towards the end where uh, the Terminator Schwarzenegger is smiling, kind of winking at the camera a right. little bit, and it's it feels so out of place. It feels so stupid. Like, why would right. a Terminator do this? It makes perfect sense if you see the theat- or the director's cut because it has a scene where he's trying to learn how to smile right. and he's trying to he explains that he's a learning computer but where those scenes are placed feel equally as terrible because they try to have this like right. tongue in cheek like oh a boy and his robot and then they go right to Edward Furlong going like oh, we're not going to make it are we and then it's just him go- the terminator going well it seems like you're destined to try to destroy yourselves so it goes from this funny tongue in cheek moment to this very serious moment. Yeah, you the tone is real hard. The tone's not as I mean, the tone of the first Terminator is very much like suspense, even verging on horror action. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's it's this distilled movie, down. This movie tries to be a little all of those things, but also comedy at parts, but also almost like heartwarming, like family, yeah, feel good yeah. type stuff. So. Uh, there's a lot more. The, the the romance in this movie is weird because it only exists with Sarah and Reese again, but it's like in the past. I mean, I can't really think of any other. Yeah, it it was very. That's a really really strange. Which again, the director's cut made me realize like it's probably a good thing this was cut because it doesn't feel any better when it's extended. No, it just feels kind of no, weird. Doesn't. Yeah, it just gets weirder. Um. So yeah, I'll I'll agree with you. It's like more uneven. But there's always I, that. There's always that because every everybody have, argues with me on this. I one. have to give it so much credit because it's still one of the better action films of all time. Oh, I mean, I'll agree with you there. It, it is. It, it is an incredible action like, film. Like you said, I mean, the set pieces are just incredible. Right. Like, you still to this day there are like high octane action films that like don't look and feel as big and like crazy right as some of the stuff that they did in this movie and it it will always like stick with me for that reason i mean that 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 scene at the 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 uh cyberdyne systems yeah uh where, where they're blowing the building up like that scene is incredible uh that scene's berserk and then some of the i will say this uh and I'm gonna like this film has a lot of like moments where I'm like that's the best blank that I've seen. So like this is some of the best um, helicopter stunt work I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, in 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 the director's comment or the yeah the director's commentary, they were talking about how the the two guys they got to do all the stunt work. Uh, they they it was the two brothers who flew choppers in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and the one guy was like doing the actor chopper like that was the chopper scene on screen and the yeah. other guy was flying the 
uh, camera chopper. Okay. Um, and Cameron said there were moments in his in that shoe where he's like, "I'm going to die," because <laughs> these guys are doing some insane shit. We're like. Stuff they were just flying right next to each yeah, other. Yeah, flying and, right next to yeah. buildings and right next to each other. There's a scene where, like, the, when 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 the the T1000 is chasing him in the chopper, where the chopper flies over the 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 bridge, and you see the the landing props come within feet of the bridge. They said, like, yeah, that wasn't an illusion. You literally came within a couple feet. Holy of shit! Um, and then the scene where the chopper flies underneath the bridge mm-hmm. that was considered so dangerous that the film crew would not film it. The film crew walked off the set. Cameron got behind the camera himself to film it. Because <laughs> they said, like, That's nope, funny. nope, we refuse to film this. It's too dangerous. Union rules state that we can deny this if we want to. Yeah. So he said, well, fine, fuck you. I'm doing it myself. And so they walked off the set Sounds and about he right. filmed it himself. Because that's how Cameron does it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're lucky they just didn't get fired. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, it would have been breaking union rules, yeah. probably. Um, but he, I, I, in, in the commentary, he talked about how he, he went up to the pilot after that, and he's like, are you sure you can do this? He's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could pull this one off. Um, so, yeah, it, ha- it has some of the best stunt work I've yeah. seen in, in films of its time. Um. I think I think the biggest detriment of this film, other than Edward Furlong being a terrible actor, shouldn't have worked. Honestly, I'm going to be saying it right now, shouldn't have worked. Um, but the biggest detriment of this film is, at this point, Cameron was a huge name. Yeah. Uh, even though Abyss did kind of flop a little bit, it was still a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was after Aliens, which was huge. The, you know, he he had done something that, like he kept doing things that people didn't think were possible. You know, he he, he did Terminator, which everyone thought was going to be garbage, um, and it became a, a pretty big hit. Mm-hmm. He did a sequel to Alien, which everybody said is never going to work. And then not only did a sequel to Alien, but made it into an, a war film, which no yeah. one thought was going to be possible. Um. And then he takes the reins of a $100 million film, uh, and people are like, what the hell is this guy going to do? So, like, he was given a lot of free range, and I think that was what the biggest detriment of this film is. There was nobody there to say no Mm -hmm. um, because he was so big at this stage. Uh, And I still think that's why he... I I, I still want Cameron to be able to do a film for only $20 million. That would be my dream, is to get another $20 million Cameron Cameron film. Um, nope. Getting a bunch of avatars. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, I, this is kind of the beginning of that, in my opinion. Luckily, he still pulls it off. Um, yeah, but I, it, it, yeah, there's still, more, there's more, and it's there's more stuff. Yeah, there's just, there's too many ideas. It, there, there's too many instances of the director just going, and we could do this and we could do that. And then this would be cool. And why don't we throw this scene in? Um, and some of those scenes are cool. Like the director's cut. Is almost and and he to his credit even states in the commentary. Yeah, I, I could lose all of these scenes except one, which is when they're removing the chip, the CPU. Yeah, yeah because at the time, how they filmed that scene was insane. Yeah, I was wondering about that because that looks really good. Good. Yeah, and if you haven't seen this, it, it it's a remarkable scene where the camera starts out. Uh, on one side of of uh, uh, Schwarzenegger's head, and they move the camera around his head in one continuous shot, uh, and you see, like, in a mirror, uh, like, there's no camera in the mirror, but you see them working, right. and then, like... You can see inside his head. You can see inside his head. How they did that scene was that's not a mirror. That was a um, hole in a wall and they had Linda Hamilton's twin sister on the other side of it mirroring her every movement what so you had Schwarzenegger sitting there on the other side with with Linda, Linda Hamilton and wow. he's talking and in the foreground is a dummy head and you have Linda Hamilton's twin sister working on it and so that's how you can get that shot. That's insane. So she's working on the dummy head 
so you can see in his head, but you still see Schwarzenegger's face in the mirror talking. He's that really just nuts. sitting on another, like, behind a wall. And they're just mimicking each other's movements. I also like that scene, and I would definitely keep that in the final cut. Out of all the deleted scenes, that's probably the strongest one where I'm like, they should have kept that. Right. Because that actually provides a bit more of a middle ground to where um, Sarah Connor is terrified of the T-100 and then initially. Just ex- and, then and then all of a sudden him. she's like, all right, whatever, he's here yeah. to help. And that, um, that that is a nice transition because she tries to kill him. Yes. Um. And 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 John Connor's like, no, we need him. Yeah. So I actually think that's the that's one that should have stayed. Yeah. They not uh, just because it was impressive, but from a story standpoint, yeah, it helps. Yeah, I agree completely. That was one scene where I'm like, man, you should have kept that. But again, the movie is really long. It's already really eating, long. And that was like a ten minute scene, something like that. Uh, close, I want to say maybe it. like. Six seven maybe yeah I mean it's yeah. it's pretty long so like yeah. there, there's a scene that you could cut out but as far as like a storyline it's really good and as far as a visually like back nowadays you just do all that with CGI right but like back then they were like how do we do this and like well we're just gonna have to mimic each other and and mirror that's it. nuts that's, to do that is insane I would love to see like a behind the scenes camera oh yeah if one was rolling yeah. that would be really cool um, to see. Yeah, I, that 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 I've never seen. I don't know if that that exists or not. But that's that's incredible, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. How they have that, how they shot that. So, yeah, this film is a tribute to Cameron's ingenuity, his ability to think outside the box. Uh, it is an example of him, also like what you get when he's off the rails, when or yeah, off the it's chain. Kind of, say. it's kind of the best of both worlds, really. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think like. People still hold it to the level that they do, because every time that I say on Facebook or Twitter, yeah, this movie doesn't hold a candle to the first one, I get shit on constantly by people who love movies, who have excellent opinions on films. Um, And I think part of it is nostalgia, and part of it is because you kind of remember all the great things. Which are really great. Oh, and they are incredible. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be able to do this if they weren't. You wouldn't be able to remember all the great stuff and then kind of mentally clip out like, and it also has that scene where it's like, okay, it's slowing down and we're really bloated right now. Why are we doing Like that scene in the desert. Yeah, with the family. Yeah, we're like, why are we here? Uh, The scene where it's like, uh, you know, the boy and his robot where he's like teaching him to stand on one foot and high five and uh, like that scene is, is... kind of a disaster unless you're 12 mm-hmm. um you can clip all that out because you have the great action set pieces and and the the uh performances you get from everybody so you, like you have the stuff that's really good is really good yeah uh, unfortunately it just doesn't mix right i don't think so well why don't we uh why don't we slap a rating on this thing oh give it Two out of two dead parents. <laughs> dead your parents, foster parents. Your, parents. your foster parents are dead. Your foster parents are dead. <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, one out of two Sarah Connors that we see on screen at once. Uh, I did not know that until we talked about it. All right. Uh, next movie is going to be the much-anticipated Ant-Man. Can't wait. Uh, not only because it's another Marvel film, but it also will be the end of this movie wasteland that we're seeing right now where there's not much uh, to watch. I'm going to call it right now. We should just say we're going to review Ant-Man and then actually review uh, Marley and Me. I hate you so much. (laughs) How great would that be? No, that would be terrible. That would be be terrible. That would be an awful idea for everyone involved, including me, who would have to go watch Marley and Me. (sighs) I don't know. It looks good from that one scene I've seen like ten times. Yeah. I don't I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> we need to post that. We need to post. We need to do before the Ant-Man episode, like, check out this final Ant-Man trailer. And then we just post that post clip. Post trailer clip from Marley and me. Oh, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> all right, we need to wrap this up because I, I need to be up. I'm tired. I need to be up at 6 in the morning to get a new cast. So. All right, well, uh, yeah, next movie is going to be Ant-Man. 
Uh, so until next time, I'm Chris Klump. I'm a shiver. And we'll see you next time. Peace.